What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Totem Talks, episode one, uh, you know, featuring your local cover band, Low Totem. Everybody's well, local cover band, of regardless of where you are. Exactly. Uh, and Tyler. Let's not forget Tyler. Yes, of course, Tyler's here. So uh, real quick, let's all take a second to introduce ourselves. Uh, I'm Pat. I am the lead singer of Low Totem. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I am Nick, and I am also in Low Totem. I sing sometimes with Pat, but I'm also the guitarist and keyboardist for that band. I am Tyler. I am the leading sound engineer of Low Totem. I'm the reason why they sound as good as they do. You should probably start running sound then. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you've just volunteered to run our sound (laughs) from here on out. So, well, I I do know a lot about running sound. Perfect. Good. (laughs) Perfect. Good. Um, So anyway, we're going to give you a little bit of what this is about. Uh, Basically, we had an idea and we're taking bands and ranking them and we're going to score them based on different criteria and each week is going to be a different set of bands and that's it. We're going to compile a list and we're going to all work together to do it and it's going to require us to listen to a lot of music maybe we haven't normally listened absolutely. to absolutely yeah i mean it's mainly gonna be nick and pat's opinions <laughs> i'm just gonna be here as the tiebreaker i'm also gonna try to keep everything you know safe yeah right right in case an argument comes of up course. yeah know? that's i think it's a, a really uh, good dynamic too that we have because i feel like we have three very different musical backgrounds and levels of knowledge of different bands coming into this. Very so we'll bring true. a lot of different perspectives well, yeah, to Pat, each band we look at. Because Pat and Nick have a musical background <laughs> and I don't. Oh, you so, have a little bit yeah. of a musical background. A little bit. See, the difference, be between, the difference between us is that Nick spent his entire life listening to a lot of these like classic rock bands that and stuff correct. like that. And I did theater. Right. So I really didn't. I yep, spent my childhood listening to Weird Al Yankovic. That's that. Seems who we really will accurate, probably actually. cover at some yeah, point. Yeah, I wouldn't. I and that. that episode will be a special deluxe yeah, three-hour right. episode. <laughs> it'll it'll be the only episode where my opinions will matter right. for anything. Of course. Uh, so anyway, I guess uh, we should go over. So we're rating all these bands. But how are we doing it? So I'll take a little bit of time to to break down what we're going to be talking about with every band on every episode. So. We've got five categories that they're all going to be judged by. The first category is cultural impact. So how important were they to shaping culture and musical culture going forward? Uh, The breadth of work. So how much work have they released? How many songs? How many albums? How many good songs or good albums? Uh, Instrumental talent. So how good relative to the other bands are is this band when it comes to their musicianship their vocal talent so and keep in mind all of these things are going to be relative to the other bands because obviously all these recording artists have talent at one level or another more so than probably the average person so a 10 just means you're the best of all of the professional bands whereas a five means you're very, very average for all of these professional bands. Still, obviously, much better than the average person. Um, songwriting talent is the fourth factor. So to me, and feel free to, to chip in on this, guys, if you, if you want to add anything. But to me, songwriting talent is about a blending of a lot of different factors. It's how many different styles can you write with. It's how many different instrumentations can you use. It's how many different ways can you incorporate harmonies and backing vocals and different layered instruments and like basically is there a lot of different interesting variety to all of your songs or are you just really good at making the same style 
new, sure. fresh, unique every time. Good. Yes, excellent point to add that in. Um, and then the fifth and final factor is poetic talent. So how good are your lyrics? Are you writing like really meaningful and beautiful poetry? Or are you, you know, just saying a bunch of nonsense? Um, lastly, so that the 10 possible points for all those factors gives bands a maximum score of 50. However, we will allow up to five points for an X factor. If there is something really super special about this artist that we somehow missed in our five main categories, X Factor gives us a chance to explore that a little bit more and maybe award a few bonus points for whatever reason you know, we'll see as we come up with them. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll get a final score out of technically 55 would be the highest. I don't think we're going to see anything in that range ever for any reason. But uh, that is the maximum number of points. I will say every time we talk about the uh, the maximum number, I want to do the uh, the Santana's fifty five. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure I heard that in another podcast though, so we can't do that. No, no, definitely don't do that. Um, so that's it. I mean, that's that's the whole gist of what we're about to do. Does anyone else have any other important or pertinent things to say before we start talking about? Uh, the bands that we looked at for episode number one. Uh, no, I no. think that I think you pretty much covered all the rules very clearly. Awesome. So, uh, who did we listen to today, Tyler? Today. Well, uh, we listened to them. Who for are the today. bands we're going over today? Um, today is going to be the Beatles. Absolutely. That is correct. In sync. That Oof. is correct. Oasis. And that is and the go. three. Yeah. So and I listed them in order of talent. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> Controversy <laughs> right from the start. Wow. Okay. That'll be... Uh, uh, funnily enough, we are going to do Oasis first. Yes, we'll do in reverse order. <laughs> so uh, a little bit of stuff about Oasis. Uh, obviously, they're an English rock band. They were formed in 1991. Uh, they were active until 2009. So, just a little bit about them there. Yeah. All right. And um, we listen to which albums? Yeah. So, the three albums we listen to, and this is a pretty consistent formula for uh, what we wanted to do when we listened to these bands. We listened to their first album, their last album, and then their most commercially successful album. So, for Oasis, that is definitely Maybe, which was released in 1994. Their last album, which is Dig Out Your Soul, which was released in 2008. And then their most popular album, which is What's the Story, Morning Glory, which came out in 1995. Hmm. So those are those are the three albums. And uh, Nick, you have any opinions on these albums? Yeah. So, I mean, let's let's just start right from the start with uh, Definitely Maybe. Yeah. Um, This album for me, like and I don't mean this in a a negative way necessarily is like their noisiest album right there's something about like it just feels like you're kind of getting hit with a wall of sound with a lot of these tracks Mm -hmm. um very like old rock blues inspired um particularly my favorite track on this album was cigarettes and alcohol which is just straight up blues all the way through i really liked it um rock and roll star or was a really good start to this album too i think yeah um there are a couple of uh, other songs that had nice riffs going on and um, other cool stuff. Slide Away, I thought was cool. Married with Children, I thought was cool. Um, yeah. What do you guys think? I uh, I agree for most of that. I thought that it had 
a lot of interesting moments. Uh, definitely, when I think Oasis, I don't really think of any of these songs necessarily. Oh, definitely not. Definitely. But uh, listening to it was was interesting because you could almost hear like the beginnings of that like Oasis sound that you yeah. know now. Uh, you know, as, as somebody who, um, you know, I, I I grew up listening to music, but I never grew up really as fans of artists, particularly. My dad used to DJ. So, uh, you know, and I'm not talking about like, you know, spinning records <laughs> and stuff like I, I mean, like doing weddings and stuff. So I always had kind of like this, like it, there were a lot of songs that I listened to that I ended up not even knowing were Oasis songs because I just memorizing bands and whatnot was just not something that I did musically. I had a large mm. collection of songs that I liked and enjoyed and would burn to CDs and whatnot, you know, in the early days of LimeWire, but I didn't necessarily have like a particular band that I would cling to. Mm-hmm. Um, what I loved about listening to Oasis was it was pretty much kind of like going into a time machine. It really mm. does kind of bring you right back to the 90s like as soon as you hear their music you instantly know what decade it came out in you know it, yeah. you know whether yeah, that's point. a whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for them i personally mm-hmm. don't see it as a negative thing no. i love the nostalgia of mm-hmm. listening to their music is like obviously you know you put that on and just like the i i don't think that kevin smith has ever used oasis in his movies but <laughs> listening no i get it but listening to oasis like just made me think of mm. clerks and yeah. mall rats and just like that that whole like period of time fair enough yeah that's that's cool uh insight on that now do you want to go last and save the best the best for last we can do dig yeah out yeah we next. can go in and dig out your soul real quick all right do so you want to i'll let i opened up the other one so i'll let you get your thoughts in first Patrick sure and Tyler um, can do his thoughts first on okay so for dig out your soul i again i didn't love it um definitely you could tell that their sound had like shifted a little bit uh the you know in the later years i mean this song came these songs came out significantly later than mm-hmm. than uh What's the story? And and definitely maybe. Uh, I did like a couple of them. Uh, Shock of the Lightning I thought was pretty good. Uh, Falling Down was pretty good. Um, this album featured the most songs uh, from what we listened to that weren't written by Noel Gallagher. Right. And you could tell. Uh, you could really tell. Like, they sounded different. Like, I'm Out of Time, which was written by mm-hmm. Liam. Which I actually liked. I actually liked uh, I didn't. Track. I didn't dislike it. Uh, okay. It just you could tell that it was like not. Yeah. When you think of Oasis, you think of a mm-hmm. specific sound, and it definitely sure. didn't have that. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was a good album. Mm-hmm. It was a strong album. Uh, the lack of musical talent is not what broke up Oasis. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the absolute hatred of <laughs> the brothers in the band right. exactly. is what broke it up. But. For sure. Yeah, I mean, just kind of going off what you said, like, the very first thing that I have, like, written next to the album, so I have in my notes, Dig Out Your Soul, noticeably different. Yes. Like, right away, it's like, okay, this is, di- like, not the same Oasis that we heard 15 years before. Um, and I thought that it started solid, but a lot of it was kind of forgettable. Like, not ne- not bad, but you could listen to it one time and just be like, huh. Yeah. I can't sing back any of the songs on this album. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I I sort of felt like you know their early stuff was very was very like them, 
mm. you you could definitely like pick Oasis out just listening to it, and then um, their last album didn't come out in wasn't it two thousand eight that album came yeah. out? Yeah, it just sort of sounded like a generic alternative rock album of two thousand eight. Mm. Nothing about it really screamed Oasis to me. Mm. Like just listening to it, if nobody told me, oh, this is Oasis's new album. You know, if, if I were into Oasis back then and suddenly they dropped this album in 2008 sure. and it was just playing and nobody told me, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to even and not like I wouldn't have been able to guess it was an Oasis song. Mm. And even when you told me it was an Oasis song, I'd be like, well, I hope it's not an Oasis <laughs> song. Like it just <laughs> it just right. Yeah. It just became like, you know, they kind of went from almost defining the genre of alternative rock mm. to just almost becoming a parody of alternative yeah, rock. Yeah, and that's... Uh, I like that you're talking about alternative rock because, um, like, when they came out, it was the grunge had taken over the alternative rock scene, and you can feel that influence, but also, like, that earlier pop rock, Beatles-y type influence as well, and it's an interesting blend that they have. That yeah, and we, we should probably have. mention that Oasis, like, while they were making music in the 90s and stuff, was, like, widely compared to the Beatles oh, in yeah. the UK. For sure. Uh, for their, like, chances they took with their song stuff, which mm. almost makes Dig Out Your Soul even more disappointing to me. Mm. Because, like, you're a band who's known for taking chances and stuff, and then you come out with an album which sounds good, but sounds very plain. Yeah. yeah it was just, yeah. you know, it just felt like a safe album. Right. It wasn't mm. going to do anything that the fans weren't gonna like but it also wasn't gonna do anything that the fans were going to come screaming for i yeah yeah safe but but very plain <laughs> could be like what they posted on the front of the album <laughs> very so, true yeah. okay so obviously uh we saved their most successful album for last uh so what's the story morning glory tyler your opinions i mean what's the story morning glory i mean obviously um that's the that's the one that um wonderwall is in which is probably the one especially in the US I feel like many people will associate with them. I mean that whole album in and of itself I I have definitely heard those songs in the background hmm. of movies. Like right. it was definite that was like definitely the album that like Hollywood and indie directors were all like okay we need to like make our movie popular with the young scene so we'll throw some Oasis songs in the background mm -hmm. and they seem to just all come from that album. Yeah. You know, I could immediately picture like, you know, Tony Hawk pro skater <laughs> those songs in the background. Yeah. It just fit that whole you know, scene for me. Right. right. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's very true. I mean, all of the songs on this album are much more popular than all the other songs on the other albums that we listen to. Mm -hmm. They're uh, all good, too. They're all very good. I mean, Wonderwall, uh, I, it's probably the most overplayed song in the history of songs yeah. at this point, but it's still really good, even though mm -hmm. it's a meme. Uh, Don't Look Back in Anger is a strong song. Uh, some might say is actually the first Oasis song I ever heard. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't remember where I heard it, but it was it's one of those things where it's like it made me go listen to, and look look up who this yeah. band was. Huh. Uh, I also really like She's Electric. I mean, yeah, again, I like uh, Champagne Supernova, which arguably their best song, I would say. It's my favorite. Your favorite, down. I know. It's is, my yeah. favorite, Champagne Supernova. I love it. I think it's great. Um, but I think, yeah, strong all the way through um, and definitely their most popular album for a reason. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you guys have really covered a lot of what I wanted to say about this. Um, I will add just for for some factoids that this sold 22 million copies. So obviously it was one of the biggest albums of the 1990s. I mean, it it influenced culture and it was so popular in in so many different ways. And like you guys have said, every song is good. There's three biggest hits, arguably, are all on this album with Wonderwall, Don't Look Back in Anger, and Champagne Supernova. The only song I can think of that they released that might be in that category of popularity is All Around the World, which came on their their following album. But otherwise, pretty much the rest of their albums after this didn't have any big hits that like really... No, and I mean, it's definitely reflected in sales. So you brought up sales Mm -hmm. numbers. Yeah. Uh, The first two albums uh, definitely maybe sold 15 million worldwide. And What's a Story sold... 22 million worldwide and then they never broke double digits after that right yeah um with dig out your soul the last one only selling 1.6 million worldwide right. which of course is obviously oh still wonderful in terms right. of sales exactly but like, just but when you're comparing them, them to even right. themselves exactly they really fell off uh so let's give point. them let's start giving them some scores yes, we've, I agree. we've we've been very in-depth on them so i agree so let's start with cultural impact so i think we've talked at length about how like a handful of their songs especially on what's the story morning glory kind of like stood the test of time so far for these last 25 years or so right. have become you know cultural memes like wonderwall is obviously like a huge meme like everybody's like oh that guy picked up a guitar play wonderwall yeah, um, <laughs> yeah but you, you know what i really what i really like about them mm-hmm. though is with the exception of wonderwall they they have not become one of those bands that's overplayed like, mm. no disrespect to, like, the Beatles or Queen, but it gets to a point where anytime you turn on the radio and you're not listening to classical music, you're listening to rock, you know, you're, you know, you're hearing Bohemian Rhapsody all mm. the time. You're hearing, like, all these, I, I don't feel like every time I turn on the radio, I'm getting bombarded with the same Oasis songs. Like, if Oasis comes on yeah. the radio, I feel like, oh, cool, they're playing Oasis. I don't feel like, oh, my God, they've reached this point of fame sure. where it's just the same four songs. All the Fair time. enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I totally um, get that. And I will say, I think another point that you added on uh, earlier, Pat, has kind of grown the Oasis lore, to so to say, which is that huge rivalry between Liam and Noel Gallagher, like how much those two brothers hated each other's guts and all the drama that kind of surrounded that. That was like a big part of their cultural impact was people watching that story unfold and what's right. going to happen with these two next. Like, are yeah. they going to stay together or are they going to break up? Are they going to get together and do one more album or will they ever talk to each other again? So um, far, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but I think that does put them above the average when it comes to cultural impact. I'm yeah. So between like having some of the biggest hits of the decade and like having that kind of personal intrigue there definitely is more to oasis that has you know stuck to the cultural zeitgeist than the average mm-hmm. band i would say yeah i mean i would i would say i would put them in between the six and seven range personally mm-hmm. I, I think they're above average uh seven and above i would give to like bands that everybody knows the name of and yeah. their songs and i don't right. think oasis is no, there i don't think they're there i think, I think maybe just wonderwall but i don't think if you said hey name five oasis songs no no most people most people that. would be able to most do people that. could probably maybe do two or three but that's at the most right at the most um so i'm thinking like 6.6 ish. i would i'm not cool i'm a little bit lower I'm in okay. the six range. I'm in the six range for you, but yeah, I, barely. I would. I, I don't know. I. I kind of have to go five, but then again, that's just 
kind of how I grew up. I mean, honestly, like I said, right. I had absolutely no idea who, who Oasis was. I knew a whole lot of their songs, and I was sort of aware that such a band existed. I've heard the name, but right. never attached it to any songs or numbers. But again, that's just me kind of out of the okay. loop. So I'm kind of the... Right. The uneducated individuals. Okay, fair enough, but I think we can still factor that. So, Pat, you were kind of on the mid to higher six range, and Tyler's more close to five. I was somewhere in between you guys in the low sixes. Yeah. I would be okay if we did like a 6.2 or something like that. Sure. That... I'm okay with 6.2. Okay. Yeah. And honestly, like, I do agree with Tyler, like, you know, in like the five ish range, but because of the just memeality of Wonderwall, like, yeah. they have to get points because that is yeah. super impactful. Totally. Just in and of itself, totally. one song. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Which, so their breath of right. work. Um, obviously, they recorded for many years. They released, uh, you know, quite a few albums. Seven, seven uh, albums. albums yeah, and you know, they were all successful albums. I mean, none of them were flops. I mean, even the last one sold one point six million, right, and exactly. it went double if, platinum. If so. you would like. For re- just reference really quickly so obviously we know they did 15 and 22 mil on the first two albums that were huge yeah they did 8 million 3 million four and a half seven and then 1.6 so it's, yeah. they were never below a million they were usually like the last one is really an aberration like even their second worst selling album was double dig out your soul at three mil right um so but at the same time can you name no. any tracks off of any and of those that's albums what I mean. just because they and, were commercially yeah. successful with the albums they definitely didn't have a huge impact on right, them. and those are worldwide sales. They're significantly lower in the United States. Like a lot of that yeah. is coming from the UK, which is where. Well, they were they're most based out of the UK, so I don't. Right, exactly. I don't hold too much against them. Sure, I know, but I mean, like the Beatles have obviously sold a lot of albums in America too, even though they were based. That's in the true, UK. but um, and uh, that's fine. You know. I, I I'm I'm thinking more in the five ish range for them. I agree. In this. I think seven studio albums. I mean, we don't really have a good point of reference yet because this is our first band. But as we go through and do more episodes, I think we're going to see that seven full studio albums over like 13 years or so is like probably better than most recording artists are going to get. At least, you know, in that. Yeah, but that's in terms of just the number and not not always the quality. Right. There's got to be some market for them or else they won't be able to record albums anymore. They'll get dropped from their label. So I think... Because of that, that puts them slightly above the average, and okay. the fact that they have a few memorable songs and right. mostly from what's so the story, what do you think? Like five, five, five. I was like five, three, like just like okay. a little bit over the. Wait, what do you think, Tyler? I mean, I, I don't know. Again, this is this is kind of like going into territory I don't really have much experience mm. with, and and this is I I don't mean to like insult anybody who's a true fan of Oasis, but like 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 I've said a couple times now, I I know I've heard these songs, but never did I make any connection to them. Sure. I mean, and even though I wasn't like super big on like bands and performers, like I grew up when you know, the in sync was happening, Britney Spears was happening. Right. I was culturally aware that those were musicians, even if I couldn't right. name a single sure. track that they did. So Oasis to me, in my childhood growing up, it left like almost no impact at all. Mm. Right. I not only could I not name a single track that they put out, but I couldn't tell you if they were just an independent band or a studio band. Okay. You know? Okay. Fair so Fair I enough. 
I would have to give him a low score, but that's that's just because of where I'm coming from. Right. But I don't. I, get it, I don't. Sure. I don't. I mean, I certainly I've. I've learned more about yeah. them recently. I right. see the numbers that they pulled and everything, so I sure. don't want to give them a one just because I didn't know about them. Yeah. I think, like, as we do more episodes and you have more points of reference, you'll definitely yeah. grow in this a lot more. And you'll and I think you're going to be you're going to be an interesting. Like one of the main reasons I wanted you to be on the podcast was because you are going to be that like almost like the voice of the audience. Yeah, right. Because we're, we want to mm-hmm. we want to encapture people who just maybe insult our heard. audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. That's but yeah, true. I, if you know Tyler, that was an insult. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> We're very sorry, to, audience. Don't leave us. Um, I would, I would, I would have, I would, I would have to say like a four or five, some, right. somewhere in between. There. Okay, that's so just, you're thinking like a five. I'm thinking like a five, a little bit above a five too. Yeah, like, I was like a little bit above a five. You were a little bit above a five. Tyler's, Tyler's a little bit below again, a five. To any Oasis do we, fans, do we want to just average that out at a five flat? I mean, is that what that means for us? Yeah, let's do it. Like, just do a five. Let's yeah, do I'm five. okay with that. And to any Oasis fans out there, you'd be happy to know I know who they are now. Yeah, and right. I, I like their, yeah. their early work, definitely. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, I'm not trying to say that they're, mm-hmm. yeah. that they're worthless. Yeah. And, and we do know that the system that we have isn't perfect. Of course not. Because it's just not feasible for us to listen to Every know, band seven complete albums. And then, yeah. And, you know, and even more than that, I mean, for instance, one of the episodes that we're doing at some point is Van Morrison. He has like 41 albums. Yeah, there's no chance. That we're there's no that. way we could do yeah, that. that so insane. we try to keep with this formula and we try to keep consistent. So that way, like what mm-hmm. we come up with. Why would you release Brown Eye Girl on 47? That was, yeah, his, that was his first, first album. album. And, yeah, and well, then we'll get into that. In the That's all he did after, after that, right? That. Oh. <laughs> well, you'll learn. You'll learn. Um, so that brings us to instrumental talent. And I'm just going to flat out say it like. They they're are not the bad. Epitome of they're average. the epitome of average. You so took the average. words right out of my yeah. mouth. See, I, I'm not a musician, so listening to them, I absolutely. I mean, I, their genre of music is a genre yeah. of music that I like. And, and sure. I will so say for me, is, like that's a high. I for don't me. play an instrument. I'm a vocalist, uh, right. but I, I definitely can tell when like an instrument jumps out at me like oh my gosh like that was well done yeah, and i don't get that uh, for that, them no. they play their they're instruments well they're, they don't yeah, they're not of, a there's detriment there's not a single bad player in the band right they're just very average i don't see them as having like above average guitar or drums like, or bass like they're just solid yeah hopefully i'll get better at this cuz honestly mm-hmm. like right now i i could not be able to tell you like if somebody picked up a guitar and did the riff from Stairway to Heaven mm-hmm. versus doing a riff from one of their songs, I would be equally impressed with both of them. Don't Fair enough. Just pick up so, the guitar and, and do the riff to Stairway to yeah, Heaven. I do that at our shows all the time. Get people excited <laughs> just, and then stop. I, you know, so I'm just saying like if if someone comes in the room and plays the guitar and does Old McDonald, I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, you're a rock star. Right. No, I so get it. it. That does not yeah. take a lot to get a high point out of that for me. Fair enough. I mean, I would say, because we are going to be comparing this to other people, and compared to all the other musicians, I think we're, we're I can't give yeah. them more than a five. No, they are, they are, the they, they are five. five. Yeah. Well, for the sake of this podcast, I'll make sure to learn every musical instrument. Exactly. And yes, that would be master ideal. them so I can ideally. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, if you manage to do that, you might be more than the sound engineer for the band. Yeah. Good point. If oh, you I'll can point. master every instrument in existence, yeah, I can't argue with that. Oh, I'll, I'll go off on my you own. You will be our yeah. new sitarist. No. <laughs> if, if I if I learn every single musical stuff. instrument, I'm going to become higher totem, and just. <laughs> Not Just do guys. weird rip-up. <laughs> like, weird Al Yankovic, all um, of our songs. Okay, so we're going a okay. little long on Oasis, so yes. songwriting yeah. talent. Uh, obviously, when we talk about songwriting in Oasis, we're pretty much talking about Noel Gallagher. 
True. Um, True. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the fact that the other members of the band didn't really write takes away from the band as a whole. No, 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 no. That's just their their right. That's medium. just their style. Yeah, I mean, but there are some like musical acts where the fact that they don't write will take away. But um, you know, just the fact that they do have a member of right. the band writing. Well, yeah, as long as the band's writing these tunes themselves. Correct. Correct. Right. Uh, so. They're better than average. They really are. They he has some like moments of like real, almost brilliance. I right. would say, but that's coupled with some that are just like a little contrived. Sure. Yeah, me personally, I'd probably put them at like a six or seven as okay. far okay. as as far as like song writing yeah. goes. Because like okay. Pat, cause like Pat was saying, yeah. I mean, I don't think my life was changed by listening mm-hmm. to any of their songs. Right. Like I don't think I you know, was given a new avenue on thinking and feeling, but I also don't feel like I waste my time with them either. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would say like, look, we listened through three albums all the way. I didn't come across a song that I thought was bad. Yeah. I didn't come yeah. across a song that I thought was bad. A lot of them were maybe like a little bit more forgettable and I couldn't sing them back afterwards, right. but there were a handful that were very, very good Yeah, like and so- none of them offended me. Yeah. Like some songs I might skip just to get to ones that I preferred more, but I don't yeah. think... Uh, you know, if I were to ever put one of these albums on, I don't think I'd be there ready to skip through tracks. They're all enjoyable to yeah, listen to right. in their own way. Uh, so I will say, like, my personal score for them would be right at a six. Yeah, okay. That's that's um, kind of where I was. I thought that they were, you know, above average. I thought that they were, you know, hitting that realm of, like, mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. I, I agree with you, and I think I, I think there's just enough various variance between a track like Champagne Supernova and a yeah. track like Cigarettes and Alcohol. Right. You know, like there's definitely, and then you've got things like Wonderwall and Don't Look Back in Anger in between. Sometimes yeah. they incorporate a nice piano feel. Sometimes they're just a hard rock and blues band with a guitar drive and everything. So it's not like they're not versatile. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I definitely would have to give them like a high six because... I'm, because, yeah, like, yeah. not only was I able to, to listen to their songs and enjoy them musically, I also understood what they were about. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that there's a mm-hmm. lot of bands in the alternative genre that have some, like, really, really, like, deep, poignant meaning behind their lyrics. You got to listen yeah. to it a couple times right. before you understand it. You know, th- there's pros and cons to that. I sure. genuinely like being able to sit back yeah. and listen to their songs and not have to, like, play the song four times before sure. I understood what it yeah. was conveying. And we'll get to Poetic Town in a second, too, because I think you got good stuff to say along I, with I that, always, that we're getting I, into. Yeah, I always end up yeah. bleeding those two together. No, I, I get it. I get Fair it. Enough. Yeah, that, that it was tough to it. not um, bleed them together when yeah. we came up with the list, but we felt like there's enough there distinction. Are, yeah, there. there's enough distinction. Um, um, so I think you're six. I'm at around a six as well, and Tyler's like a little bit higher on the six scale. Um, I mean, for the sake of numbers, we could just put it. Uh, okay, I, mean, I was going to say I could average it out, but if you feel comfortable with six, yeah, I then feel I comfortable. Think yeah, I'm okay with the six. Move the six and, and take us to Poetic Town, which I think is definitely one of the stronger suits of this band. I would say it's the highest for them. Yeah. I think. I mean, I think Noel Gallagher is a very talented lyricist for sure. Yeah, and it's not like like you said before. It's not contrived. It's not cliche. It's not like you're hearing yeah. the same songs about the same two or three subjects. Yeah, it's over not and over cliche, again. and it's clear what they're about. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I honestly, for for poetic talent for them, I had them at an eight. Okay, that's that's which is high. I was, I was at a, like a seven and a half. Okay, um, but also very good. I mean, that's yeah, still that's high. Very score, much you know? above that. Yeah, I would I would probably go seven just because I have heard songs that I think kind of spoke to me right. more than what these 
did, okay. but I at least, you know, I I pride myself on being able to sympathize with people in other situations. Right. So sure. while like I might not have, you know, personally identified with any of these numbers, I can understand what yeah. somebody could get out of these. Right. So that I think, if my math is correct, if we're averaging out a seven and eight and a seven and a half, that's just going to put us right smack dab in the middle of seven and a half would be about where we fall as a team. Well, no, the fact that you have a seven and a half would put it at probably like closer to a seven six, be a little bit higher the average. I mean, I think my math has been solid on this one. That's why I thought we should go with. But, uh, to bring out the calculator. I will. You can bring out the calculator. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just try to make me look like an idiot on the podcast. Go ahead. Oh, I, it's so rare to do. See, if we went with smiley faces instead of numbers, we would have been fine. You're perfect, Nick. I, I know. Kidding. I'm exactly right. Thank you. You're I'm exactly glad that you right. checked the calculator first, but yes, I'm exactly look, right. Look, I like, I like <laughs> just as much as it would have been fun to prove you wrong, it's even more fun to prove you right and lift oh, you up. Oh, man, you are such a good friend. Uh, and that brings me. us to the final thing for, for Oasis before we move on to NSYNC. Uh, Is we, there an I X mean, factor? They got to get a half a point for Wonderwall. I think that's I, the strongest argument is that song is like literally a such point. a meme. It's that everybody it has is. heard that song. Sure. Absolutely. Should we just have a category of bands that made meme songs? Yeah, like I think perhaps <laughs> memes could could be, you know, factored. Yeah, which factor. is just the What memes? is their meme I, factor? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with the half point there. I'm okay with the half point there. And then Listen, I'll tell you right now, on. since we're about to do in sync, if meme factor was one, they'd have to get a 10. Oh, that's for, a good point. It's gonna be May. Yeah. Like, that, like, yeah. And it that was is May everywhere. Every time April is winding right. down, You're a good point. you that's, just see yeah. nothing but Justin Timberlake. It's gonna be May. <laughs> so. All right. Well, let's hit them. Let's do in sync, folks. This yeah. This is gonna be an interesting I feel so here. bad for them. Honestly, let me put yeah. it to you this way. <laughs> I don't think we dislike NSYNC as much as it's about to come across because we we accidentally sandwiched them between Oasis and the last band, which is the Beatles. I would, it's not a good spot for that. I, I would just like to say that I love NSYNC. <laughs> uh, I, I know that having two cousins who were absolutely obsessed with NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys may have swayed me. Yeah, fair enough. But I, I will say what surprised the hell out of me going through doing this and looking them up and learning about them. Um, in my mind, I thought that NSYNC was dealing out albums every single year. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. no. Just three. I thought they were a powerhouse. Yeah, no. I not could at all. not believe that they only put out three, yep. and then mm-hmm. listening through these albums again, it's I, like five songs. It, yep. There's uh, everybody that likes In Sync likes about five songs, correct? Yep. And the rest of them are like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, so a couple facts about In Sync. Yes, uh, obviously, they're an American boy band. They were formed in 1995, uh, and then they were active technically until 2002. Right. All the albums came out between 97 and 2001. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, since they only released three albums, that falls right into our criteria of first, last, and most popular. Right. And that is the first I mean, you album. You say three in sync. albums, but they definitely had two Christmas albums. That True. Did. Yeah, so we, we are, are not going to personally. Listen, here's this. what I'm going to shout out. In 1998, they released the album Home for Christmas, which did go double platinum. Congratulations. Uh, and I that don't is still know why. their least popular released album that went platinum at all. I don't know why it went platinum, because I, even though I didn't have to, listened to it 
it was not something I'd ever do again. <laughs> yeah, so... Well, uh, I'm going to feel that way a lot about, about a lot of these albums coming up, so... Right, so uh, in 1997, they released the album In Sync, uh, and then their last album, which came out in 2001, was Celebrity. Uh, and now their second album, which is also, coincidentally, their most, most popular, popular, is No Strings Attached. And if you have even a precursory knowledge of InSync at all, that is the album that you know. Correct. Even if you don't know it by name, when we go over the tracks, you're right. going to be like, oh, obviously, that's the one. Yes. So, Tyler, why don't you kick us off on this one with the album InSync? So... Again, like I, I can distinctly remember like hanging out with my cousins during the summer and they were constantly, you know, blasting boy band stuff. And I always just assumed that there was a lot because yeah, I, I guess I just didn't remember how many times we would just replay the same songs because I thought I knew like every in sync song and then you listen and to then the i listen to this album and i i guess it seems weird to use the word cliche because they pretty much invented this cliche <laughs> almost like them the backstreet boys and like I, I guess like every pop star that came out in the 90s like mm -hmm. invented this cliche 90s sound because like yes every song is not only just like about the same thing but it's also taken the same approach and angle about yeah. the same thing like it, it just it's just so cheesy yes 100 percent uh i will say for me this album was almost a total dud mm -hmm. uh it has a couple literally a couple bright spots tearing up my heart right. the first track on the album i would say the most popular song on the album that and I want you back. Those are I the want two you back that is, have yeah. kind of been like. I want you back you is also close. Yeah, and I will say both like, of them were written by uh, that guy we had talked about before, Max Martin. Oh yes, right. Uh, so Max Martin is like well known for just writing all of the most famous songs of the '90s, like yeah. "Baby One More Time," "I Want It That Way." Like this dude yeah. wrote all of them. Yeah, and it's just like all their songs are either about breaking up or getting back together. It yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. And, They're all but, super but, but generic, like, but like yeah. with no substance behind that either. It's like no, totally you listen to these songs and you never get an understanding as to why they broke up <laughs> or yeah, why sure. or, or what it is that makes them want to be back together <laughs> again. Okay. Uh, Here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I know that we're going to spend a lot of time on the last band. Yeah, I want to give InSync their due, but let's not. Yeah, I have two things to say about this album before we move on. Let's you say your two things, well, and yeah, then we'll move I, on to the Because I don't want to just obviously I agree with what you guys said already. Uh one, I particularly remember just hating the song Here We Go. It was so bad. I hated it. Very and much. Two, they uh, the only thing I was excited about coming into this album was seeing that they had covered a song by the soft rock band Bread oh, from the no. 1970s oh. called Everything I Own. And I was like, I really like that song. I can't wait to hear it. And then they did that cliche 90s boy band like breakdown in the middle where they're like, hey, girl, I know that I've been saying some stuff and things, but I just need you to know that I feel like this. And I was just like, I am going to, to take <laughs> my computer and break my face with it if I have to hear this for another second. It was uh, the, Your computer's not strong yeah. enough to break your it, face. It, it just break the computer. ruined that whole song for me so bad. It was like the only thing I could look forward to and then they just yes. destroyed it. You know, destroyed and, it. and not to go off on a, on a big tangent, but like, but like you said about Here We Go, 
I any time in my own personal opinion, like any time where like a band or an artist has to say their name in the song. Yep. I'm okay. always like, you guys just are not. So you're very a big talented. Jason Derulo fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like that is just like a really obnoxious thing. Like I agree. you shouldn't have to put your signature on the song. Like your talent. Yep. should sell the song. You shouldn't have to remind your audience, in sync, it's here we go. Like, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Like, right. oh, guys, this this one is an in sync song. Yeah, right. I was like, not going to listen to it, but now, now I know that I should. So <laughs> let's move on to yes. uh, Celebrity, and we'll save Fair no strings. Uh, I'll start off. I know what you want to say here. <laughs> uh, I mean, they have one song on the whole album. It's pop. They have one song. Like, literally the first track on the album is the only song that anybody's really going to remember on this album. And I'll say that uh, this album, it, it's really going to reflect later because... But did you not sympathize with how difficult it is to be them in their ballad, Celebrity? You know, <laughs> everybody wants to be with them because they're yep, a celebrity. Every, it's celebrity. Such, a, such a struggle. Celebrity. Yeah. Uh, celebrity. I will say very legitimately, um, this highlighted for me... Uh, their songwriting talent, because this album featured by far the most songs written by members of NSYNC, and it is by far yeah. their worst album. And can, can I also mention that one of the co-writers on the track Girlfriend was Pharrell? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. I did see that. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. that's all I got about yeah, that. I mean, look, it's just real bad. Same thing. I'm going to say, like, most of my comments next to these songs were, ugh. Stop using weird video game sounds. <laughs> like that was it. Like which it was you could just... call the invention of the techno genre. Yeah, I mean it was it so, was really bad. Do there we give them points for inventing song? a genre? No, absolutely. Well, not. I tell you, it's a good thing that music nowadays is pretty much streamed because I can only imagine trying to listen to this album on CD and uh. just assuming every five seconds your CD is skipping. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. But I would say Gone was the only other track that I've obviously never heard before, but it was very like a very kind of cool yeah. um, acapella thing that was going on with it for a while. Right. That was the only thing that for like a minute I didn't hate. Okay. Let's move on Done. to No Strings Attached. I Nick, agree. give us your opinions on No Strings. Okay. So um, obviously, like you mentioned before, this has got some of their um, biggest hits. So Bye 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 is obviously the the huge track from this album, and it's followed up with It's Gonna Be Me, which right. are the, the two biggest ones, basically. It does not get any better after that. I mean, no. like, the best Hold I can on. say is, you're like, not, gonna not like, bad. You're not going to say you didn't like Space Cowboy Yippee featuring oh, Lisa I, Left Eye Lopez? I lo look, I mean, I like TLC and all, but no. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, bring in Denoise. They literally called one of their songs "Bringin' Da D A Noise," and I would and argue that it is not even close to as bad as "Digital Get Down." Yeah, I agree. But I just like as soon as you titled it "Duh," automatically it's it's bad. Like you <laughs> That's can't fair. be good and also have "Duh." Like you're like the five whitest guys who have ever lived. Yep. <laughs> well, J C Chazé. I mean, okay, fair enough. Uh, That's all. That's which, all I have. Which for this. Uh, right. "Denoise" was written by him. Bring in the noise was written by J.C. Charzay. It just uh, sounds okay. forced to me. Let's it's move right on. Uh, obviously, we are probably not the intended audience for NSYNC, and I'm sure that there are people that really enjoy them. Sure. 
Uh, I really enjoy, like I said, four or five of their songs. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, because like here's here's the thing. I I know when I say that I like In Sync, everyone thinks I'm saying that ironically. It's not true. It's just I like the five In Sync songs right. that sure. everybody knows sure. the lyrics to. And quite honestly, I think anyone who who claims to be a fan of In Sync when you're at a party with a mm-hmm. bunch of people is the exact same way. And I'll tell you right now, as as you know, a member of a cover band, we have multiple times gotten requested to sing like "Bye Bye Bye," Fair and enough. we'll do it, and the entire place erupts. I mean, people True. really enjoy the popular and sync songs, right. and that speaks. They to just cultural have impacts. yeah, they just That's have a very big dichotomy in mm-hmm. the. <laughs> The good songs and then the really, really not good songs. Yeah. And I think they're it, not consistent in their it has songs. It helps them significantly that Justin Timberlake has been a significant public figure oh, yeah. for the entire time Absolutely. up until now. Up until the present, Justin Timberlake's fame helps keep alive what NSYNC Right. Was. So let's roll into some uh, let's roll into some scores here. Yeah. And that brings us to cultural impact. So uh, I mean, their cultural impact is super high to me. Yeah. Their cultural impact is definitely, definitely high. I mean, even if you take away a lot of the you know like um showbiz aspect of their fame like justin timberlake dating britney spears and that whole scene even if you remove that from i mean people still know who nsync is right you can Mm -hmm. say the word nsync and even if somebody doesn't even know a single one of their songs they might get them confused with the backstreet boys but they at least know who they are so sure. I would they have know of to them. Say, they know that there was the the feud, there the competition between them and the Backstreet Boys. Mm-hmm. And even you're not going to get a huh out of people. You might get an ugh. Yeah, right. Or you yeah. might get like a oh, like. But you're never going to get like I don't know who you're talking about. True. I will say. I mean, let me just because you guys are given all the positives, just the, the caveats in there. One, we're all in our late twenties. So correct, and we are literally the time where we all sorry, but like we all grew up very, very specifically at the exact time when they were the most popular. So I think it's fair to say that we may like slightly overestimate where they were in our heads because of you know who we were when this stuff was popular, and two, just thinking about like in fifty years from now, are they going to be remembered when when we're all old or when people from our generation have um died and it's new generations listening to music is insync something that they're ever going to remember 50 or 60 years from now those are my two caveats for their cultural impact right okay and i think it's just important to to note that stuff like will they be remembered and do we overestimate them because they were popular during our childhood fair enough um you're not wrong on a lot of that stuff i get you uh, so what score would you give, Nick? So I'm not saying it's below average. I mean, I think it's still definitely above average. It's higher than Oasis's even just right. because of, you know, like all the references to them in movies and popular culture and everything. But I would have a hard time going higher than like a seven and a half to eight. I would, okay. Yeah, I would probably say eight just because, again, whether it's legitimate fans or ironic fans, hmm. there is still a somewhat of a voice out there. Right. You know, going sure. to a karaoke bar, if somebody does one of their songs the karaoke thing it's gonna draw a crowd i agree yeah and i i also had an eight so okay. i mean if we want to go a little bit under eight like a 7.8 that's exactly what i was thinking i've right. got to type in 7.8 it is okay breath cool. of work uh one Low. point for each album I'm maybe fine a with three that. overall because 
I mean, they're just super inconsistent. They have, like I said, five good songs. Five songs out that of, are going to stand. You know, the forty songs that they while, released. People know, and, but other than that, yeah. So yeah. So low, significantly below average. I, I totally agree. Um, uh, instrumental, instrumental talent. Did any of them play an instrument? Or no. So here's my here's my tough part for me personally, and sure. then I'll let you get your point in, Tyler. Um, vocals are strong. Sure, they they are good singers. But I know Tyler, what you're about to say, you're about to say that they don't showcase the vocals. Yeah. Well, see, here's my thing. We know that they're good singers now. Yeah. We've mm. heard Justin Timberlake do other things. We've heard other members do other things right in in just their studio albums that were released you have maybe 30 seconds or less of harmonies that pop through yeah and then the rest of it is just completely watered down with yeah. digital instruments and whatnot okay so sure. i i on the one hand it's like you know we've heard them now outside of the yeah. filters and stuff and we know that they're good singers but it's almost like you know I don't think I would give T Pain a high score for right. his vocal uh, talent. You, yeah, but I've heard T Pain sing outside okay. of using the auto tune. Okay, and he's a phenomenal. I was singer. about to just really go to bat uh, yeah, for T Pain. Yeah, yeah, I was like, so, wait a minute, he is so yeah, talented. No, no, no. Like I have definitely heard him sing outside of using auto tune, and he's a great singer. But I'll if also you, fight on T Pain for a lot yeah. of things because T Pain invented auto tune just to get famous. This isn't right, a T. Yeah. No, this isn't a Pain podcast. No. I, I found no. a weird for good reason it's not. that that I didn't know existed. Yeah. Oh, all, right. all right. So um, where are we at on instrumental? Sound? So my person, my personal opinion is, if you give them just based on their instruments minus singing, it would just be like a one or a two. Right. I think in between three and four because all of them to, sing would, and yeah, sing I, well. I'd have True. to say 3.5. Yeah. It's just, All of them sing and they that. sing well. 3.5. Even though they don't yeah, showcase it enough, right. you can hear that there's talent. Right. Because yeah. all the music behind them is just boring, like churned right. out in a computer garbage. Uh, songwriting heard, talent. Rumors. Not, again, not many people have yeah. written their song. Like a lot of them were written for them or written by other people. Or and the songs that they wrote are bad. Yeah. So bad. I would give, I, I don't think I could give them over a two. I would love to give them a two for some Yeah, I don't think like, I can give them over a just two. Just because, for like, there's. And, and we're going to kind of we're gonna kinda push through the rest uh, yeah. of NSYNC because none of it is good. No. Poetic uh, I mean, Poetic Talent, again. Yeah, it, they're not singing about anything. They're starting to sing about something and then fall short of actually getting yeah. anything yeah. to there's say. There's no about substance it. to them. None. And breakups the are ones sad. That are, yeah, the ones that are written by them are just so, like. Again, I mean, really sloggy. Like they're just like really they're screaming yeah. the same two words over and over and over again most of the time. So it's not like a no. Zero. There's at least words. It's like I would right. again. They're I would give them a two-ish, maybe a little under because well, I think how maybe about one point eight. I'm fine with it. One point eight. It is uh, X Factor. We could maybe choose to give them a little bit for launching JT's career. For launching JT's career, if we wanted to do that, uh, that is um, up to you guys. I rescind. My Pat's not giving any credit to the Musketeers. There, it was all insane. I think it is. Listen, I, and I said <laughs> I that to you before. <laughs> I have no so idea we what we you're talked about this a so. little bit before we recorded, and I said like I think Justin Timberlake was launched by the Musketeers. He That'd was be a weird. He was brought into InSync to be like one of the faces of InSync because sure. of his previous fame with the Musketeers. I believe that that is true, even though I hey. have no knowledge to back that up. I, hey. I wouldn't give them a point for X Factor. Okay, I'm fine I, with it. I would totally give them a point for X Factor because of them and the Backstreet Boys. In sync, ended up on an episode of The Simpsons. 
they're getting some X Factor points. From them. Honestly, Backstreet Boys have more good songs. Here's, we'll and here's what I'll say. It. Here's what I'll say about Insync and the Backstreet Boys, real quick. Uh, my personal opinion is neither one of them would have been as famous if the other one didn't exist. Great. I, I, I really that think thought. that the competition between the two of them skyrocketed both of them. I love it. I That'll think be so, interesting to hear your take on that with the Beatles and the Stones. Yeah. I think I think it would have been an amazing thing for our generation musically if NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys became one band <laughs> because we might have gotten at least one more album. Fair enough. Yeah, maybe. All right. Let's um let's just do the Beatles. It's time. Yeah, okay. So the Beatles. I had absolutely uh, no Nick, idea who yes. these guys were. As a huge we as a huge Beatles <laughs> yes, fan. I am the big Beatles. I'm gonna let here. you give their uh their little blurb that uh that I've been given. Okay, off. fair enough. I mean I think this is truly if there is any artist that we're ever gonna do, the artist that needs no introduction. Um I mean Cool, so no Wide, introduction, yeah, let's move no, right in. Widely considered to be, you know, the most famous and important rock band of all time. Um, came to the United States in the early 60s, and between 63 and 70 released 13 studio albums that are all pure gold. Um, really, really impressive. A nice unbiased opinion from Nick. Yeah, well, I mean, come on. You can't argue that the Beatles are bad. <laughs> um, but the three albums that we looked at, their first, last, and highest selling would be Please Please Me is first um, in 1963. Let It Be was in 1970. And then in 68 was the White Album, which had the most sales. However, we also, we also individual added, sales. No, but we also Sergeant added... Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, Sergeant Pepper. Sergeant Pepper had the most individual sales, sales uh, by single if you added those in as well. Yeah. So we did listen to Sgt. Pepper as well. And even with all that being said, like we didn't even listen to either of my favorite, Be like we didn't listen to Revolver, which is my favorite Beatles album. Like to, there's a million songs and I could go on forever, but I'm just going to start with my opinions on Please Please Me. And sure, we'll and right then we'll through. move on from there. Um, so a lot of the early Beatles stuff had uh, a handful of covers on all the albums up until I think A Hard Day's Night. I loved all of the covers on this one. I felt feel to me like there are more Beatles songs than anything else at this point, like Twist and Shout, Chains, Anna, Go to Him. Uh, those are some of my favorite tracks on this whole disc. And I also, I mean, I saw her standing there was the other huge one besides Twist and Shout that's really kind of right. stood the test time. Uh, Love Me Do uh, was also one of their very first yeah. big singles. But um, I'll let you guys go because I could talk about the Beatles all Wait, day. Wait, you got a disc? I was listening on cassette. <laughs> uh yeah i i think um what i really like uh about you know this album is you can definitely tell this is where they started out because it just sounds like everything else right. that was being put mm -hmm. out at that time but it somehow still manages to stick out more there's moments in there yeah, yeah. for sure uh i also think like it it's incredible when you're a band and uh, a bunch of your songs end up being covers and those covers end up kind of becoming the definitive versions of those yeah. songs well, that everybody yeah. goes back yeah. and references to. Because in the early days of music, performers and bands didn't necessarily write songs. There was usually people who wrote songs and then, and then singers yeah. sang them. And that's why you have so many different versions of like classic songs. And we all sort of have our own, you know, opinion on which one we like more. But these Beatles versions of other bands songs are the ones that are the first ones that come up in right yeah and uh, for me personally uh 
I really enjoy the songs on this album that were written by the Beatles. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, for instance, I saw her standing there, uh, and we kind of discussed that maybe it didn't age as, as well lyrically, but, sure. you, you know, instrumentally. Yeah, but then again, the really legal good. age in the UK is 17. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know. It's only weird here. And I don't think those were the, those were kind of like they were trying to figure out the words. I remember watching an interview with Paul once, and he like just couldn't figure yeah. out what to rhyme with it, and you know what I mean. Yes. And then they eventually just kind of came with just 17. Uh, but, I mean, for instance, I mean, I really like some of the interesting stuff they did, like uh, Do You Want to Know a Secret is Love interesting, and, and it's different. Uh, and I, I like there. that, yeah. And I like that even on their first album, you got to witness the fact that all four Beatles were lead vocals on songs. Absolutely. Super rare to do. Like mm-hmm. you may have a band where all four members of the band sing sure. and do harmonies. I mean the uh, Sticks, Queen, all those all those Tons, they yeah. come to mind right. uh the Eagles. But Beach Yeah, Beach Boys obviously. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, too. Um but the Beatles were the band that Okay, cool. Ringo, you're going to be the lead vocalist on this. You know, passably, uh, passably, you're going to do a decent job. You're going to be a good lead vocalist. Same thing with you, Mm -hmm. George. Like, Mm -hmm. and then obviously you have Lennon McCartney. So super strong. Fantastic. And I I don't exactly know the music history behind this thing that I'm about Mm -hmm. to say, but this is just something that sort of like happened with me. I'm sure somebody else might have popularized this, but like the Beatles seem to kind of run with it. They were like, like, like at least one of the first bands from the 60s who really, like, popularized the callback. So okay. they've got, like, these great moments, like, in Twist and Shout, mm. Twist and Shout, where they're they're oh, calling yeah. back the last yes. end to it. They did that with, you know, they have all these yeah, really interesting... Yeah, it's almost like a conversation in the Yeah, song. they have yeah, all these it. interesting harmonies that right. they throw in that don't need to be there. Like, mm-hmm. do you want do you want yeah. to know a secret? Do-da-do, yeah. which is not they, necessarily something that had to be there right. Right. vocally. I think what you're getting at, and I, excuse me if I'm saying this wrong, but they changed the game from just harmonies to truly writing, backing vocal parts that yeah, were yeah. Con- exactly. that were you know, complementing the, the rest Beatles of the are one of the Almost in counterpoint. Yeah, right. Yeah, the Beatles are one of the few bands that I can listen to, and I might not necessarily want to sing the lead. Yeah, when I listen right. to the track back, sometimes right. what's happening in the background to me vocally is more interesting and pleasing than what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I wouldn't get rid of one or the other. Right, I totally agree with you. And I will say, a lot of times with the Beatles, uh, as as somebody who sings like a lot, I will almost always sing harmony when I'm Tons. listening to something. And the Beatles are one of the few things that I can listen to where I'm always singing a part that is already in there. Yeah, right, right, right. It really yeah, feels like no matter what I'm all. singing, mm-hmm. no matter what harmony I come up with, it is already in the track. Beautiful. Uh, so let's move on to let from, it be. yeah, to yes. let it be. So can I just say that yeah. widely considered to be kind of their worst album in some ways or like a big disappointment at the end yeah, of their career? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Like, And I'm not saying by me because I love it. But in a lot of ways, this is kind of thought back on as like, oh, you know what? This was really not their strongest album. Wow. But then you go through the tracks and so many enduring, beautiful pieces like Across the Universe, Let It Be, Get Back, The Long and Winding Road that were all very popular yeah. and good songs and continue to be popular. Two of Us is a great McCartney-Lennon harmony yes. all the way through. I think, I think what would have made Let It Be stand out a little more and less of the black sheet of their Mm. releases is if they just tightened it up 
Yeah. Because there are a number of tracks in there that you can tell just like aren't finished. There's that one track. I don't remember the name of it right now, but it's dig only. It or yeah, Maggie May. One yeah, of those two it. skits. It's, it's 50 seconds and yeah. nothing, nothing happens in the song. There's yeah. no interesting melody. It's just kind of like it's there. You're like, oh, what's this song about today? And then it's over. Right. You know, and yeah. I think that even though there's only like two or three instances of that mm-hmm. happening on this album. It's enough that when the general listener puts the album on, they're like, oh, this is their worst album. Because right, it's yeah. just, why did I buy a full right. album and I get these tracks that are super And, and I for think those th- to make oh, the cut, yeah. when Don't Let Me Down had to be on the Let It Be Naked version, and yeah. Don't Let Me Down is like one of their mm-hmm. best songs, especially yeah. the late people. I mean, so, it's beautiful. I mean, my thought process for me, like, whenever I listen to album stuff, I always try to like put myself like emotionally where the group is. Mm. You can really tell that they are done oh yeah they are done as a group before this album comes out i mean this album mm-hmm. came out after they broke up right, right. i'm pretty I sure be- yeah I, yeah i believe it was i believe i don't remember if i heard this um if i'm remembering this correctly but i i believe uh ringo had to personally go to paul mccartney's yeah. house and request that paul mccartney delay his solo yeah, his solo album, album because uh, it was going to yeah. conflict with the release right yeah, of yeah and so it was paul mccartney of threw him out yeah paul mccartney told, may 8th 1970 you know, one month after they had broken up to, yeah right to, yeah yeah so you know, and you could tell you could tell mm-hmm. in the tracks um okay so let's let's keep going because i don't want to i don't yeah, want to get longer. too much longer i want to wrap things up but then uh the white album would be the next thing we let's do i will say and all honesty is one of this is one of like the top 10 albums of all time for me yeah. Uh, it is the only Beatles album where there are, are songs that are not good. It is the only Beatles album on which there are songs that are not good. And that would be, very, I'm sure you know, if you're listening, Revolution Number 9 and Wild Honey Pie. Yep. Otherwise, it starts so strong. Back in the USSR, Dear Prudence, Glass Onion, It's Got While My yep. Guitar Gently Weeps, and Happiness is a Warm Gun, all on the first side of the first disc. Yep. Martha, my dear, I'm so tired. Blackbird, one of the most... Uh, endearing songs. I I, I do mean, also, basically it's very I, strong. I, I it's do very strong. I do also out. think that it's probably one of their most experimental. Correct. Yes, I agree. Of, I would of all their agree. albums, mm-hmm. I don't think if if you're a band and the first or second album you put out is the White Album, you would be putting out mm-hmm. another one. Sure. Like the reason why this album sold is because it was at the height of their popularity very very true and i mean and it does have but like it does suffer from like anybody who's who knows about you know lps and the record industry will know this phrase it it does have some of the beest of b-sides yes on there yeah but 90 percent of these experiments worked and really like helter skelter Mm -hmm. is like oh is this the first time heavy metal is music Yeah. yeah i mean like it a lot of the experiments work really well. Well, and that and that's an also that's also an interesting thing going back to this album years later after mm-hmm. it's been put out because a number of these tracks were not liked when the album came mm-hmm. out, but to a modern audience, they, they are they it. are there and and they're appreciated. I mean, right. I we're being a little harsh just because. It's the Beatles, and everybody sure. already knows how great they are. Yeah, yeah. So being, we're trying being held up to the yeah, standard of we're, yourself. We're now. trying to nitpick where we can nitpick. So mm-hmm. nobody should True. walk away from this thinking that like yeah. we absolutely hate some of these not right. so popular Beatles songs from the White Album. Yeah, it's like very much uh, wasn't when Romeo and Juliet first came out when Shakespeare wrote it and it was being performed. People really hated it. 
because they weren't expecting it to just end with everyone dying and they're like what is this where is our happy ending this isn't funny at all these children are dead well i wasn't and alive people, back well, then fair so. enough but it was not well received <laughs> right pat um, you're the, our theater guy you're confirming would, this information for i'm me. very much confirming that information Thank you. Uh, so yeah i um but we, I, now we know it's great right uh i i do i do think that uh even some of its less popular songs are songs that i have taken to to using at, at, at different things i tell you if you decorate your house for halloween and you mm. play revolution nine and you've got a left speaker and a right speaker and you're bouncing that mm. in your garage or your front yard while people are coming to trick-or-treat there's nothing to make you feel more uneasy than that song Great coming calls. on yeah Great i would i would seriously recommend anybody who's interested in music in general mm. To pick up some of the uh, re-releases and remasters of these Beatles albums, where they mm. actually uh, put them in stereo surround sound, and you mm -hmm. can hear, cool. you know, you already hear the experimentation that the Beatles put in with their music, but when you hear that coming out of four different, uh, sorry, mm. five different speakers in a subwoofer, right? You really hear, you know, what they were able right. to do and sure. achieve with sound. Okay. Yeah, good Harrison and uh, Star Tracks on this. Only one Ringo track. Don't pass me by. Very good. For sure. Uh, underrated for sure. song. And George obviously has "While My Guitar Gently Weeps," Let's, one of his best. Real MPs. quick. Of the of the two, this and Sgt. Pepper's, I would I personally would have to put Sgt. Pepper's higher because Sgt. Yeah. Pepper's is definitely is definitely an album you put on and you listen to straight through. I so, don't think you can really do right. that with the white album. I would agree. Uh, well, we did, but I would yes. agree. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I actually am going to be the, the one dissenting was I prefer the white album to Sgt. Pepper's, although I love Sgt. Pepper, and I will give it credit for being like one of the earliest attempts at like a concept album or opening yeah. up. Here we are. We're the band here playing at the Lonely Hearts Club. Here's our set. And then the reprise at the end, we're like, okay, thanks. We hope you had a great time listening to this live set by Sgt. Yeah. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. That's a really cool idea and experiment. Like so uncommon at the time, for sure. Cool. I'm totally with you. Um, real quick to touch on Sergeant Peppers before we start giving them scores. Mm -hmm. And I'll let you take the whole um, thing. I won't make any more comments. Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> again, as Nick said, really great concept album. Uh, so I would argue, uh, Paul McCartney's most impressive vocal. Uh, just overall in Sergeant Peppers in the title track, the dude is wailing up there. My and, only but, comment, oh, darling, might be better, but yes. No, uh, but, but it's a different type of, uh, sure. it's a different style of singing. Yes. Like, when you think of Paul McCartney and stuff, you don't really think of, like, a super, like, wow, like, he's, but he's nailing those, like, oh, yeah. growls and rasps. Unbelievably great. So, I know. would argue that that is up there. Um, I, I do think it's really funny. Like, I love Ringo, don't get me wrong, but just having him be singing the very next track after super impressive Paul McCartney is just not a good look for him. But it's but a great they, song. But they it's did, a great song. But they did pick a good song for good somebody song. with a right. with a less... Very, very true. Yes. I just always think it's funny. And I really, always gravitate towards vocals. And yeah. so whenever I hear like a really impressive vocal track followed sure. up by like a... Like but it's, you know. While Ringo is obviously less impressive as a lead vocalist than Paul, with a little help from my friends, is one of the best examples of what Tyler brought up earlier. Very, very true. That counterpoint, that calm response. And yes. all of the counterpoint is in harmony and everything is really well written as yes. four piece vocals and I think that again on this one uh, my favorite song if I had to pick one would probably be a day in the life oh yeah oh yeah um great 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 song uh 
All the songs on this are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're going to kind of get where we're going with the grades on this. Let's start yeah. grading uh, well, them. Well, be- yes. well, before we jump right into okay. the grades, I definitely do think that if anybody out there truly is a Beatles fan, they do owe it to themselves. Because I, while the Beatles do these songs justice, I don't think you get a, a good understanding of the Beatles until you listen to Bugs Bunny and Friends sing the oh Beatles. Oh my gosh, I knew you were going to bring oh, of up. Course, of course. That's a definite, definitely right. put that okay. on your list of right. things. Cultural it's on the impact. internet for free. It's on the internet. <laughs> yes. Cultural impact, there's no, there's not even going to be an argument here. If any band no, or artist I mean, gets a 10, give the a Beatles ten. get a 10. You have to give them the most important artists impact. ever, really, when it comes to rock music. Um, the Beatles and Yanni, I think. <laughs> yep, perfect. Okay, so this I might know be where for we get into work, an argument. I know for breadth of work, uh, so Nick and I had already previously discussed we this. We had a little bit of an and argument. And we disagree on this. Yeah, but I, I defaulted to him. Yes. I defaulted to him. Yeah, I know you agree with so, Nick, which is why I defaulted. Right. My personal opinion, which I'm going to say first, because you're going to get your I'll what explain. you want. Yes. I think that their breadth of work should be very, very high. It should be up there in the stratosphere because every album they put out was absolute fire. Mm-hmm. Even Let It Be, which is kind of lambasted towards the end of great. it, is still really great and has a lot of great tracks. Mm-hmm. I just think that only having seven years of putting out albums should should take slightly away from the breadth of work because I think time should play an important part in the breadth of work. Okay. However, I was overruled yes. by the other two who want right. to give their breadth of work a 10 yes. just for quality and not take well, not any points quality. away from the the very short time that right. it was all released. Right. Mr. Strawman over there. So, let let so, us put our yeah, real opinions so, out there. So basically where 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 me and Nick fell on this is pretty much if you're a band and you're only together for 7 years and everything you put out in those 7 years is super memorable right. and praised more than 30 years after you stop doing stuff. Yeah. That's, 50 years now. Yeah. That speaks to your breath of work. Absolutely. You, we, there are many groups out there who started performing in the 60s and continue to perform today mm-hmm. in, in, in some way or another. And I wouldn't necessarily say that their breath of work is bad, but it certainly is not in the same category. Yeah, and the only other further comment I'll make on that is this. So, to me, the seven years is almost like a testament to them because they put out in those seven years, and since we're comparing this to all the other artists that we're looking at, A, more genuinely great albums than any other band has ever put out, and more genuinely great individual songs than any other band has ever put out, in my opinion. So, it's hard for me to say, well, who has the greatest amount of work not the band who has the most great albums and the most great songs. I couldn't imagine that. Like the seven years is only like, wow, to how did be, they do that in such a short period of time? To be quite clear, we were arguing the difference between like a ten and a nine point eight. Sure. Yes, <laughs> we Just were. We were very clear. <laughs> yes, and we're I very, very here, concerned about those point two points. I wasn't sitting here saying let's give the Beatles Patrick a five. Patrick is wearing a T-shirt yes. that says "I dislike the Beatles." <laughs> Yeah, no one can see it. He's actually yeah, got an eagle totally. shirt on, so it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, so instrumental talent. Now, this is where I will allow them to not get a ten because, as talented of musicians as all the Beatles are, they're not like virtuosos. 
obviously. Like, Very true. I, their strongest would be vocals, I would say, as far as instruments. Yeah. Because Paul McCartney is like a vo- vocal virtuoso as a tenor. Like He's mm-hmm. fantastic. John is an excellent singer. George is a good singer. And Ringo is a very passable singer and very good at singing harmony. Like vocally, yeah, they're I about mean, as good as a band gets. Vocally. Again, just I, I feel the need, like I feel to just kind of push through because we know we're going to give them all high scores. Yes. I mean, my score for the Beatles instrumental talent was going to be an eight. And I agree. Yeah, I it, again, this is a category I can't really speak to. Yeah, but the Beatles enough. was the only band that I ever got passionate okay. about growing up. So obviously there's some some rose tinted glasses there in that regard. Like they nothing I mean, like the crimson ones Nick's wearing though. Don't worry. No, mine I, are mean, very, I mean, but I, I have an entire rose bush on my face. But then again, as somebody who grew up listening to loads and loads of music, granted it was my dad's music that he listened to when he was mm. a kid, and never wanting to follow any of these bands, just wanting right. to collect songs, listening to the Beatles and making that decision, I want. To collect right. this band, yeah, should speak to them. In Are you some saying tiger? that the Beatles started your love of collecting in general? Yes, uh, yes. definitely started my love of collecting music. I wouldn't necessarily give them credit for my film collection. Although well, I would. Yeah, although, some, yeah. although another recommendation I'd have to put out for all you diehard Beatles fans oh, out no. there: Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the musical. If mm. you've ever okay. once wondered in your life what it would sound like if the Bee Gees did the Beatles music and the lead <laughs> Why would you do that and the lead vocalist was uh Peter Frampton interesting choice not bad but interesting that's exactly what you got well, Steve Martin yeah. sings Maxwell Silverhand fascinating all right so moving songwriting on talent. songwriting I'll talent make my pitch and go ahead make you your pitch that. so my pitch is also so I see the Beatles as the cultural impact breadth of work and songwriting talent are the three categories where I see generally just view the Beatles as the the standard bearers. Okay. And um, so if we are comparing these bands to each other, and it's just like who is the best of everyone here, this is why I would give the Beatles a 10 because I do see them as the best when it comes to songwriting talent. Every album that they put out completely redefined music. Every album from at least Sgt. Pepper's, even really Revolver and Rubber Soul on was like, wow, this is something totally new that no one has ever done before every single time. And as we've discussed, all those albums are great in their differences. And I don't think you can discount how huge of a factor the way that they wrote their vocals, like we've talked about at length. Like they were the first band to really make all these different vocal parts work for them. And they did that with a huge variety of instrumentations throughout albums, a huge different number of styles of song. And I'll say Beatles probably the only band that could put out a song about a jealous ex threatening to kill her if she gets in a relationship with another man and make yeah. that sound upbeat and fun. Yeah, Run For Your Life is a great Okay, song. so my counterpoint, and I, again, I really just hate that you two are I making know. me counterpoint against the Beatles. But it's important. Uh, so my counterpoint is I agree with everything you said about them being, you know, quote unquote, the standard bearer. Well, if your counterpoint is to agree, I think that's an overall win. For me, a 10 in, you know, these categories, songwriting, poetic talent, instrumental talent, means absolute perfection. And I don't think the Beatles have written perfect songs. 
Okay. I so, think that I think that they have written songs that can be considered very, very good and even like the standard. I just don't think you can put a ten because I don't think anything is perfect. So basically what you're saying is we are it's, we have a semantic for. disagreement about what songwriting ten means. Is Correct. essentially what you're saying. Okay. And I think okay that you're that. comparing you're just comparing just it comparing to, to other, other artists, artists and musicians. But I think that like ten like if you are the absolute maximum score that means that nobody ever has any chance to improve upon that and while i don't think anyone necessarily will i think that we should leave the door open and put them at like a 9.5 this this will make pat happy for this category and this category alone we'll give the beatles 10 out of 11 (laughs) look i understand what you're saying let me just put it this way. If if we are going to think of it in that terms and leave the door open, I I mean, like, we have to realize that 9.5 is probably where songwriting tops out and that no one will ever get a perfect score. That's not and true. That could, we, and that's okay. Like, and as listen, long as, we're, if we as, long do as we a thousand, that, If we do a thousand of these... Right. I'll tell you right now. we realize that, okay... We've never even come close, blah blah blah, and then we sure. we can choose to come back and bump them up. And I'm okay with that. Release a correction. Okay, you know I'm fine with that. But I think right now, I think giving them a ten in songwriting would be in the very first episode to max out our songwriting. I'll allow it. You know what? I, is a lot. I, I'm nine getting, and a half. I'm getting where Pat's coming from. I definitely think nine and a half is where they should sit because I'm okay. also remembering now. Like if we put the Beatles at ten, where are the Cheetah Girls going to sit? There it is. <laughs> okay, poetic <laughs> Great. talent. Uh, Poetic talent, much above average. They have a bunch of stuff that's silly, but for every silly song, they have a blackbird, a long and winding road. And I will say that I will say that my personal opinion would be the way that I do this is I start at five. Sure, I add points for the good songs. I take away points for the cheesy songs. Fair enough. Which left me at about an eight for them. I'm totally fine with because for every you know long and winding road, let it be. There's you know those kind of repetitive like love me do sure great great sure. tune absolutely Very 1963 repetitive. awesome i would just say 8.1 just so it doesn't seem like i'm just copying pat so do we average that <laughs> out enough. to an 8.05 yeah eight's fine yeah eight's fine and then x factor and we're wrapped up for episode number one for me x factor is that the beatles have been basically the the way that rock music came to America and right. it's basically started off everything for everyone and all of the rock and pop music that we've had since has an a lot of like credit to the so Beatles for having this. This I mean, is Nick's push for a five out of five. That is the perfect X factor. I don't think you can give another band a higher cultural impact Pat, plus score. I mean I'll, like the Beatles. I'll tell you this right music. now. I'll tell you this right now. The Beatles wrote all the songs on the daycare CDs that we play at the daycare for now, kind <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah. All right, I mean, five out of five for five me. Out of five. I'm fine. All I'm right, fine with so it. that brings us to our three final okay. scores of the day. So read your final scores of the day, and then we will wrap this yes. first episode up. Agreed. So our, our loser for the episode, unfortunately, and I know you guys are going to be surprised to hear this, is in sync. With a score of 18.1 out of 50. Out of 55. Yes. Out of 55. Out of, well, technically 55, yes. So We um, definitely loaded the barrel against I them. Know. Oh, I felt real so bad. <laughs> Poor we JT. wanted we'll some, We wanted something different. We didn't just yeah, want... Exactly. It has to be fun there's for different, us. There's different, and then right. there's the Beatles versus Insane. <laughs> yeah, that's Fair real enough. rough. Okay, so obviously I think we all know who's going to come in second place. Oasis with a score of 30.2 out of 50 or 55. 
um, which is very respectable, I think. And then the Beatles, of course, were the big winners with a score of 50.5 out of 55 total with the bonus. Yep. So, so there's uh, our big winner for the day. I will and say that after we get a little bit more of these done, we're going to be publishing a list on our website, which is uh, lowtotemband.com. Uh, feel free to check that out. Uh, check out our social medias. Uh, Instagram is low underscore totem. Facebook.com slash lowtotemband. Uh, and yeah, that's going to wrap us up for our first episode of Totem Talks. Awesome. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be releasing more episodes. We're going to do about three artists. Uh, we're going to be planning on releasing it weekly. And uh, we would like to hear some feedback from you guys, whatever bands you want to hear us do. Uh, maybe like an interesting combination of bands. Uh, feel free to you know email us, message us uh, on any of our social media with ideas for our, our podcast. But until then, and just use the hashtag Totem Talks. Yes, good idea. In that case, keep in mind that next week, if you want to stay tuned, one of the three artists I will reveal, and one only, one artist that we will be looking at are the Ramones. Yes, and very true. Episode. So stay tuned uh, cool. for that. Stay tuned for that. And uh, everybody stay safe and have a great day. All right.